This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The Big Bad Morning Show presents Jeremy Kahn in a world of stupid breath. 105.7 All right, we start off with an interesting story. You know what a magpie is, right? Yeah. Bird. Heckle and Jekyll. Yeah. It had the heckle and Jekyll, the magpies. Yeah, that's correct. Um, so there was a viral video that went around of a woman being attacked by a magpie. Came down, swooped down. like It was an Instagram influencer was recording herself, and a bird like smacks her in the face and then takes off. To which this woman from Australia said, hey, I know that seemed funny and all, but I had a magpie poke out her eye. And, like, you think about certain things. Now we talk about animals, like, don't be going up to buffaloes yeah. and bison and all this stuff. And people do stupid things at the zoo. Sometimes you just don't know. Even other people's dogs. But birds usually fly away from you. This one flew down, and the magpie literally poked out her eye. Yeah. Landed right there, bang, like, with its beak, poked out the woman's eye. She said, my right eye was indeed pecked out by the magpie. I know it sounds crazy to believe, but it happened to me. 26 years ago when I was five, I'm permanently blind in oh, my wow. right eye. I would have had to scare the hell out of a kid. Good looking girl, too. Um, but here is the clip of the woman. Uh, the other, there's the magpie with this other woman. I don't know if you can see it, Ed, but oh, yeah. yeah, it comes down and just, but she didn't get, I don't think she got hurt. She's He's going for her eye, too. Yeah, so it must, must be something with him. Maybe if we looked it up, there'd be more, but I don't want to spend too much time on this because we've got gold. Well, they're Jerry. nasty birds. Yeah. So are ravens, actually. I saw like a hundred of them together. Um, it felt like uh, while I was driving downtown. Where? In a parking lot. Like about just, magpies? No, no, crows or ravens. Oh, cr- probably like, crows. Yeah. yeah, like all together. I'm like, and they're when you get up closer to them, they're a lot bigger than you think, too. And ravens are bigger than crows. Yeah, they're like the size of a uh, red-tailed hawk. Yeah, I saw Poe once. He's huge. <laughs> I'm not no, seriously, ravens are the size of red-tailed hawks. They're big. All right, we're gonna start with the hospital worker. Hospital worker had sex with more than 100 corpses over 15 years, went undetected due to serious failures. I don't know how you're supposed to detect this. Like, do you you can't talk to the the deceased. This is an electrician who had sex with more than 100 corpses over a 15-year period, was able to do so without being detected due to serious failure of management, governance, regulation and processes, and persistent lack of curiosity. A new 300-plus page inquiry. 300 plus pages of this guy. David Fuller, who was later convicted of murder, finally had his necrophilia spree uncovered in 2020 when police used DNA to tie him to the 1987 slayings of two women. So this was a heinous individual. So wait a minute. 
Was his DNA on the woman because he killed her or because he had sex with the corpse of a murder victim? Um, it doesn't. I mean, I'm sure if I got this is a long article, by the way. Uh, it doesn't say uh, right here, but I mean, I'll try to look more into it and get the answer. That it really interests me because I'm curious now. Because he's what's he? He's not charged with killing her, is he? So no, Fuller, 69, is serving a life sentence with no chance of release after he pleaded guilty to two counts of murder. Oh, he w- did. Wendy okay. Nellen, 25, and Carolyn Pierce, 20, and two separate attacks in the town of Turnbridge Wells. He is also serving a concurrent 12-year term after admitting to dozens of instances of necrophilia. I love that they they said in the story. And does it matter? Like, Fuller committed 140 violations against at least 100 girls and women. Did they have to say it was girls and women so people didn't know he wasn't gay? Is that, like, was that the deal? Or does it just have to be listed that way for information? I just think it's being specific. Yeah, okay. It just seemed weird. It's like, hey, he wasn't gay. He just had sex with a bunch of dead people. Don't be so sensitive about it. It's just, it's weird. It's a little (laughs) odd thing. Like, did you need to know that? Like... And you said something, I don't even know if you want to say this on the air, wow. but like you've been around a ton of dead bodies. Yeah. I don't care who you are. There's nothing attractive about a dead body, even if it was a gorgeous person. I'll tell you what I said on, I said this all fair to Jeremy. I have been around, I've seen too many dead bodies to even remember because of what I did. And I've seen numerous young women dead, naked already. Because they were victims of either sex crimes or either murder. Overdose, murder. Well, a lot of them were prostitutes yeah. who were murdered. Um, but I have seen overdose deaths. And, you know, I may even tell that story. I mean, I'm telling so many stories in the Commissioner's Baltimore. But, you know, I've seen beautiful women, young women, who were fully naked and DOA. There's nothing sexy about it. It's just not. So, so that's a whole other thing. But, again, he's a murderer. So that's like he's got a lot of issues. He's killed a couple of women, and he's had sex with 140 other dead ones. So, All right, so I have a lot of questions about this next one. We're going to play What's in My Butt. Are you ready, Joe? Are you ready? It's in to- my ass! <laughs> yeah. So this is, this is something small that's in someone's butt, so I'll give you that clue if you want, and maybe I can. A routine cancer checkup took a revolting turn. When something was found in a man's rectum. I got a tiny honey hole. You know what? I did remember what song that was too. That to that to that to that You know, like that. You know, scatting? Yeah. Ski blue bop bop. I got a tiny. Anyway, uh, what do you think it is, Ed? Well, I guess right yesterday. You're not getting this one. There's no clues in this one, though. You're not getting this one. It's just, it's weird. Because I, I, need, I need to know how this happens. A fountain pen. Joe? <laughs> Quick guess. What's in my butt? A, a bird. It's, you a know magpie. what? I actually like that you guessed that because it is, well, it is alive. Gerbil? It was a fly. A fly? The guy went in to get a colonoscopy and they found a fly that was alive in his ass. <laughs> like, was he doing an old goatsy or something? How Did it fly in? Did, like, did something lay eggs and then it was born and just said, hey, I'm just going to live in this guy's ass. Your butthole, man. <laughs> Your butthole, man. That's right. To my ass. <laughs> I mean, uh, hey, you, how do you get a fly in your ass? It happens. Does it? Well, apparently. apparently I, you weren't working with me then. Greg Carpenter came in one day, 1019. A bug, I think it was like a yellow jacket. A bug flew in his ear. Really? Could not get it out. He had to go to the hospital. He took it out with like big tweezers. 
That is scary. Can like, you imagine that thing banging around inside your ear? I pulled bugs out of kid, like kids' ears. Had like you know, spider in there. Like get Ooh. it out. Yeah. Like you, you ticks different things. But this is the 63 year old patient had reportedly gone in for a colonoscopy at the request of his primary physician for a cancer checkup. However, as doctors probed his large intestine with a camera, they found the digestive organ that had become a fly. There's a fly in his ass. Here's a picture of it. It's Jeff Goldblum. Oh, look at that. Wow. How absurd. Can you see this? He's just hanging out. Hey, what's going on in there? I'm just in here eating that. Anyway. (laughs) That looks like some red out of Beetlejuice. It's it's ridiculous. The patient recalled eating pizza and lettuce, but no shoe fly pie just two days before the procedure, but could not explain the fly's presence. It remains unclear how the insect infiltrated the human fly strip in the first place. That being his his anus, doctors were flabbergasted. They still can't figure it out. Guy's got a fly in his ass. <laughs> a freaking fly in his ass. What are you supposed to do with that? Anyway, that's your world of stupid. Commissioner's Baltimore's coming up next. Ed, was that just a little <laughs> teaser of what we're going to do here? Or what, what are we talking about? Yeah, I think I'll talk about it. I wasn't gonna. I was going to do something lighthearted. But you, know, you mentioned all this guy having sex with corpses and... Kind of got the juices flowing, yeah, huh? Yeah, I just I was thinking about all the dead women I've seen, and just the dead people in general. So, let's you know. How do they find that guy? Because I know they didn't complain. No DNA test apparently. Yeah. All right. Well, we are going to get to. The- I, wait a minute. Go ahead. How do you have access to these? What? Where he was, was an electrician? It, but where was it? it? Was morgue or funeral home? Uh, I closed it out. I'll I don't forget about that. Yeah. Put you on the spot. But I'm like, I think it was a funeral home. Was it the morgue? Hold on, I can find it real quick. But we'll, we'll do that. We we got plenty of time to talk about. Yeah, we'll we get the commission Baltimore coming up next here on the fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. All right. It's time for Commissioners Baltimore. Ed, what are we talking about we'll today? we get right into it. We talked about the, you just, that story you had about the, the electrician worked in the hospital with the morgue. I, having sex with, you know, the corpses was just bizarre. So I just it triggered a lot of the memories I have of like, no, like, like 
can't imagine doing that. I, I responded. We got yeah, he responded to a, a non-responsive woman. So you know, she was actually pronounced DOA at the scene. And what happened was, you know, these and these two guys were. It was two men in there. Then this woman. They were scared to death, obviously, because if she died. Um, but apparently it was a drug over. They were just, they were partying. And she just, you know, too much cocaine. Like I said, a heart attack, whatever happened. Um, and it followed up after that because it was not a not considered a homicide. But I remember walking in there and real. and this is like those moments you met, you ask about like how things affect you and like, it's much deeper than like just what you see at the surface because what I always would do is I just I would try to imagine like with a homicide what they were doing right before they were murdered mm-hmm. you know and how horrible they did to end your life this way and with these guys the same thing like there's this woman I just she was very attractive beautiful woman um, I mean a body of teen only fans she's wearing thigh highs that's all she had on um, was she a prostitute? Black hair. No. No. I don't know why. Like, you said thigh highs, and immediately that's where I went to. Not all women that wear thigh highs, by the way, are prostitutes, so I apologize. Yeah, where'd you get that from? I don't know. Just, <laughs> it's like, you said earlier a bunch of them were dead prostitutes. I'll so. get to that next. Okay. <laughs> like, Maybe I got ahead of myself. But I'm just saying, like, she, they were up there part. And these guys, if you imagine, I don't know if they had sex already, but they certainly were gonna. Um, she was already, you know, naked. I assume they got dressed once uh, she passed out. So they're up there, they're doing coke, they're drinking, they're doing this, they're doing that, they're having sex, and then everything changes in the blink of an eye, and now this poor girl is gone, and she was just, she was probably 28 or something. Um, I remember those guys just sitting there with their heads in, the, in their hands and not wondering what their fates were going to be, and it was just a mess. Um, yes, but I did see her, and then I remember um, some bizarre stuff, like I had a... Uh, this is a crazy case. You know, I don't know if you know what concerts on the pier were in New York City. Mm-hmm. Right, right by Pier 84, where the Intrepid is, on the, the west side, where the Hudson River is. No, I know where the uh, that uh, dive bar is that plays granny porn. That's the only place That's I know. Place you know. That's really, I've been to New York twice. In your life? Yeah. You've been to New York City twice in your life? Twice. That's it. Why are we never going up there? I... I don't know. You're the one that knows everybody. I've tried. No, I'll go. Getting I the three of you to, together is no, ridiculous. Well, hold on. It's not getting the three of us together because I'm I'm almost always in if I'm free, yes. obviously, um, from work. But uh, but yeah, I, right. I've only been twice. Wow. Anyway, um, we get a, a call to kind of the uh, the pier, and where the concerts were, and what happened was uniform. Police got called there because the workers come in. They had um, the chairs. I guess they were folding chairs. They had like thousands of folding chairs in gigantic cardboard boxes stacked very high. Um, and when the workers came in, they discovered this woman who was dead between the boxes, the uh, crates, you know, the pilot pile of crates. This was so great. She was a prostitute. There was a place that the hookers used because it was hidden. You know, it's like you could hide behind the stacks there and do whatever you got to do. Um, but apparently her John had a problem, couldn't do whatever, um, and he must have been, she must have been facing forward because he had cut her throat, almost cut her head off. Spinal cord kept it on, but he cut her throat deeply. 
So she bled out onto the boxes completely, like just like a hose. And then he stuck the knife down below. He cut her behind into pieces. Oh, my God. This is the stuff I've seen. Um, and the issue was, usually when the hookers do this, they have one of their co-workers, another prostitute or whatever, will check out the guy's license plate, write it down, um, get a description of the car just in case something happens. None of this took place. Um, no witnesses, no cameras, no nothing. We had one bloody sneaker print. And the problem with shoe prints and sneaker prints is if you don't get the guy almost immediately, it's worthless as evidence because it changes as you wear it. You wear it down, the, the, the tread changes, so it's not going to match. So even though you may know it's the same guy, you go to court, it's going to be the OJ glove. You know, yeah, this is the right model, like the Bruno Mollies he was wearing. Mm-hmm. It's the right shoe, but the, the, the print's different. Look, the tread's different. Yeah, of course it's different. We got it 30 days later, but whatever. Um, so the case goes nowhere. We solve it. He confesses to his sister, who tells their mother. The mother brings him to the precinct. Think about that for a second. Wow. Think about her dilemma. Think about Sophie's choice. There's actually a new uh, TV show out about this, about a family accidental murder happens, and then the family decides, I think, to cover it up. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I I just I actually just scrolled over it looking for it and I'm like, oh, this sounds like an interesting premise. Yeah. Almost like uh yeah. what was it, that judge show with uh um where uh the, the judge's kid kills somebody in a Oh run. yeah. What was it was that called Your Honor? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this was but anyway, so she brings him in and uh, we have our suspect, but he won't break do you know she ends up going into the box with him and getting him to confess? Really? Yeah. It was one of the craziest cases I've ever had. So, what was his situation though? Was he just mess? Was he just crazy? Obviously, right. Yeah. I mean, I mean to do something. Yeah, and apparently, he, I, and the reason I knew he couldn't get an erection, he was humiliated, get yeah. angry. Yeah. Um, I don't think his intention was to kill her, but he certainly did a good enough job of it. Oh my god. Um, yeah, but that was, was nutty. That that was one of the craziest places. That was Midtown Manhattan too. You don't think of it as extreme violence. We had a lot of murders there, a lot. Uh, in the clubs, on the with the prostitutes, in the Brambles, the, then we didn't cover Central Park. Okay, <laughs> it ended at Fifty Ninth Street, which is where Central Park begins. Do you want to tell everybody? If you went to New York, are? you'd know that, huh? What What happens in the Brambles? Guys like you have sex. <laughs> 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 Guys like me, get out of here! All right, we, <laughs> that's enough about death. Enough about me. <laughs> death. We're going to talk to Gordon McGinnis about life and the Ravens. <laughs> Uh, Gordon McGinnis is going to join us next. We'll break down everything with the Ravens with him, go over the league, headed into the bye week. How does he feel about them from pro football focus? He breaks it all down right here on The Fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela. Is your reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back. Big Bad Morning Show. Jeremy Condad Norris here. Rob Long's off today. We welcome in. Gordon McGinnis from Pro Football Focus. Gordon, how are you, first off? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? I'm good. I uh, wanted to start this off just talking about the Ravens heading into the bye week. Your thoughts overall, 9-3, and three, um, you know, losing Mark Andrews potentially for the year. If, if they make a deep run, we'll see. But how do you feel about where they are right now? I think they're – I think they can be pretty happy with where they are. Um, I, I think you guys covered it in the, the sports update there whereby – you can make the case they probably should be undefeated at this point, and they don't really have any wins Any wins that you can look at and say, you know, that could have easily been a loss. I think all their wins have been uh, ones that they deserved. So uh, probably a little bit of a disappointment that they don't have control over the number one seed at this point. But overall, I think you would have taken nine and three at this point at the start of the season. What do you think of Kyle Hamilton's play? We did a little exercise today. I have him as the defensive player of the year for this team so far. It, as much as I love Roquan, I just think Hamilton has been a real force. I think he might be the most unique defensive player in the NFL. I think mm-hmm. he's this like hybrid slot cornerback, strong safety linebacker almost. Yeah. Um, when when Marcus Williams was out, I think he his play took a step back because I just don't think he's a true free safety. I think that's not where the his best skill set is. But now that he's back close to the line of scrimmage, you see him with the long arms to break up passes against elite receivers like Jamar Chase. You can use him as a blitzer and he you know, has a game with three sacks this year. And he's strong enough, as we saw him against the Chargers, to just destroy a block by another wide receiver and make tackles for a loss in the backfield. So I think he's a really special player. Um I think I think making the case for him as defensive player of the year for the Ravens is is very fair. And it wouldn't entirely surprise me to see him in the coming years be a serious candidate for that as a as a league wide honor. Wow. Hey, talking to Gordon McGinnis of Pro Football Focus, I gotta ask you about um Mike McDonald. because um, I think this guy is, you know, we've heard up and coming defensive guru, all these things. I, I think everything that fans here were sold on has been 100% accurate. Um, what do you think of the job that he's done with the group he has and how much of this success can be attributed to his scheme, do you think? I think a large part of it does does go to uh, the credit does deserve to go to him. Um, I think he, we saw like the, the Sean McVeighs and offensive coordinators like that uh, maybe four or five years ago start to elevate and, and change the game in the way they attack defenses. And McDonald's part of the new wave of defensive coordinators who are flipping that back on its head and being the type of defense that really goes and attacks offenses. So I, I think he's going to quite obviously be a hot candidate for, for head coaching vacancies this year. Um, and I think it's going to set up for like a really interesting conversation with the Ravens on, you know, can you give him the nudge, nudge, wink, wink, here's the highest paid coordinator job in the NFL. And three years from now, you're the new head coach. I, I mean, I don't even know if John Harbaugh probably plans on continuing coaching for more than three years. So that might not even work. We have, we they were like I'm playing for the Ravens. The Ravens have one of the, uh, I think they have the toughest schedule remaining um, 
by winning percentage. They're facing the Rams, Jaguars, 49ers, Dolphins, and Steelers uh, after the bye. Pretty much everybody's a playoff team. Um, how many games of those five do they need to win at you know the nine and three now? Because that's a tough run, a rough patch they're coming up against. Around about four or five weeks ago, I think I thought 10 was the magic number. I don't think it is anymore. I think with the way the Browns and the Steelers have kept winning, I think it's probably 11. Yeah. Um, so I think that it, it makes that game against the Rams coming out of the bye so important. Because if you can get to 10, then if you can just win one of those three really tough games against Jacksonville, Miami, and San Francisco you're then probably over the line by the time you play that game against the Steelers in Week 18. Yeah. I think the nightmare scenario for the Ravens, but the dream scenario for the NFL, is Ravens-Steelers being an AFC North decider in Week 18. Talking to Gordon McGinnis of Pro Football Focus here on the Big Bad Morning Show. And Gordon, when we look at um, you know Zay Flowers and what he's done this year, I want to get your thoughts on, have you seen enough from him to say that this guy, whether he is now or will be a number one receiver? Yeah, I think he is. I think the only frustrating thing I have is that I don't think the Ravens use him like a number one receiver yet. Um, you know, I think he has all the talent and all the skill for it. Uh, when they have thrown the ball to him beyond the first down marker, there's only six receivers in the NFL that have a higher yards per catch average. I think he's like 0.1 of a yard behind Tyreek Hill um, when he gets the ball beyond beyond the first down marker. But he only has 30 targets beyond the marker. He's like 52nd in the NFL there. So I get why they use him on end arounds, on pop passes, wide receiver screens. And he's good at that, and you definitely should. But he's already proven to me that in that 10 to 19-yard range, he's a really good receiver as well. And I think coming out of the bye, I'd really like to see them start to lean on him downfield more. One of my favorite players is Gus Edwards because he always falls forward. He finds the end zone. He's he's a, just a super reliable guy, but he, he averages over four yards a carry this year, five yards for his career. I don't know. I think he's one of those criminally underrated running backs in the NFL. I, I think so. I think he's the he's the perfect fit for what the Ravens uh, like need him to be as well. Like he, if you need a running back, like he's not a guy who's going to break off forty, fifty yard runs, but consistently he's going to get you four or five yards. And if you can consistently get four or five yards in the NFL, you're going to keep moving the chains. So yeah. uh, I, I just, uh, I mean realistically, he's probably up there with Jamal Lewis for the, the most productive running backs the Ravens have ever had. Gordon McGinnis joining us here uh, from Pro Football Focus. Gordon, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about this weekend real quick, um, the big game between the 49ers and the Eagles. W what do you think happens there? And um, I mean, it's odd, too. You know, I talk about this from a gambling standpoint, seeing a team with the Eagles record having a plus 90% winning percentage at home, and they're an underdog in this game, which has never happened in the NFL. I was stunned. I didn't realize until yesterday when I was having this conversation with someone else that they were actually underdogs in that game. I just assumed they were they were three point favorites. Yeah. Uh, I I don't really get it. Like I and, and you know I'll be proven very wrong on Sunday, no doubt for for saying that. But it, it the 49ers are a very good team, but the Eagles are two games better than them this season. They just came off beating a very good team in the Bills. They beat the Chiefs before then. I, I don't really understand why they're the underdog in this game. I just think it's honestly, it's odd because you don't see this. I just continuous a bit. They were one loss team. Yeah. They have this aberration. They lost to the Jets. They beat everybody else. 
Shouldn't that count I, as two losses, though? Like, they lost to the Jets. Yes. As, as a Jets fan. Sorry, yeah. Gordon. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you'll never know my pain. Jets killed Carl. Yeah. Anyway, but I mean, it just I, I just think that it's the eye test. It's just looking at the 49ers and the way they win and the talent they have. To me, I think they are the better team, but they've got three losses. So yeah. it's a very tough – it's tough to justify this. Hey, Gordon, one, one of the things that we talked about today is we were kind of doing, um, you know, the MVPs and discussing who should be voted on and the, the group. And it's always quarterbacks. What do you – like, some of the wide receivers this year are having insane seasons. Like, I just looked at um, uh, Keenan Allen's target share and how many rece- how many receptions he already has. And uh, he's going to go over 100 this week. I mean, it's just – it's ridiculous. Ridiculous to look at these numbers that the wide receivers and even we brought up Christian McCaffrey as well. None of these guys are going to win the award more than likely, but I feel like they should be brought up. I do feel, though, that this year is if there's ever going to be a year where a non quarterback wins it in in like the, the modern age, I think it's going to be this year because there isn't a quarterback that's really separating themselves. Like, I think if you were looking at quarterbacks right now, you probably split it into, like, different parts of the season. For the first half of the season, I think it was probably Lamar. The past six weeks, I think it's probably Dak. But there's no one who has had that season of dominance. And then you look at a guy like Tyreek Hill that's probably going to break the single-season yardage record at wide receiver. You look at guys like Keenan Allen, A.J. Brown, even the defensive side of the ball where uh, Miles Garrett is having a tremendous year. Deron Bland breaks the record for most pick sixes. Like, I do think this is a year where more non-quarterbacks are probably going to get votes for MVP. Good stuff as always. Gordon, tell everybody where they can find you. Yeah, you'll find me on Twitter, PFF underscore Gordon. Thanks a lot, right, man. Appreciate easy. your time. Look forward to talking every week, man. Good stuff as always. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next week. Yep. Gordon McGinnis. I, I, he's just, he's great. Man. He's very good. Um, all right, let's. Let, it's funny because I was just talking about the Jets, and you know, you mentioned they killed Carl, but Aaron <laughs> Rodgers on his way back. We're going to discuss this. Can this? When does he get back? Can he help the Jets even if he comes back? Can anybody save them, <laughs> or will that Achilles just go <laughs> again when he gets back out there? We shall find out. We will discuss it. Four one zero five eight three one zero five seven right here on the fan. That's Robert Sala, the head coach of the New York Jets, talking about Aaron Rodgers. So first off, a couple things to talk about. And Joe, well, you and I were discussing this yesterday, right? The the rehab process. So he can start that process of getting back to playing football, but he's still at least at least 21 days away. Um, yes. So that does factor in. All right, so let me pull up the Jets schedule here. So the Jets have the Falcons this weekend. I do think that's a favorable matchup for the Jets. Um, just to tell you a little bit about it, the Falcons are 1-4 and four on the road, Ed. Uh, they're banged up in the secondary. They're favored on the road here against the Jets, but you can understand that because if you're trotting out Boyle or Zach Wilson, it looks like trash. But, it, hey, I got news for you. That Desmond Ritter, Ritter kid's not much better either. Uh, Falcons a little banged up. So that's a very winnable game for them, in my opinion. Uh, some people may disagree with me. But the rest of their schedule, they get the Texans at home. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, no, Texans at home the w- next week. Then they're at the Dolphins. We just saw what the Dolphins did to them this past week. Then they get the Commanders at home on December 24th, the Browns, and the Patriots. I know it's disgusting to think about it this way, but could you see them going 4-2 and two in those games? Uh, Commanders, Pats, Browns, Falcons. Yeah. Those are all winnable games, and the yeah. ones that would concern you, Texans. I mean, the Jets have pulled off some amazing wins this year. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they've beaten the, they've beaten the, who they beat? it's the Bills and the Eagles, right? They 
they beat the Bills week one. They beat the Eagles, um, as you pointed out, as their only loss. They beat this hot Giants team. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, those are the two signature wins. But the Bills also came back and spanked them. The Cowboys mm-hmm. spanked them. Um, I'm not saying they're a good team. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. just saying they, they're capable of winning. Though. And then they beat the Broncos, too, which looks like a pretty good win right now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is I, there are f- four wins now. I mean, to, to go to the playoffs, they're going to have to, like, run the table. It's not happening. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, look, you get the Falcons this week. I mean, the Texans are an upstart team, but you get them at home. Yeah. And if Rodgers could return for that Commanders. By the way, the Commanders are so bad. I think they're the worst team in football. Oh, the quarterback's going to be sacked about 900 times. I think it's going to show over the, the – I mean, look, they, they traded away some key pieces, and that's why I think they're the worst team in football. But – Oof, man, it's going to be bad for him. But look, with the Jets, I don't know why Aaron Rodgers is rushing to come back. I, is I, he trying to prove something? Like, does he just want to make Garrett Wilson happy because he's a good kid and that kid's ready to cry because they keep trotting out those trash-ass quarterbacks? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing because clearly, like you said, he's not going to get to play. He's hey. got to wait, what, three weeks minimum? Yeah. Right? So you're talking about... when. What happens in the ensuing three weeks? Are you going to come back? If they hypothetically, so we're looking at Christmas Eve against the Commanders as, yeah. a, as a possibility. So, you know, what's what's the best record they're going to have at that point? If they win all their games, seven wins. I and mean, we got three left. You can get to ten. If, I look. I don't think any of this happens. I think it's it's all for naught that we're talking about. Me too. I just don't understand Rodgers because like. If you stay out, there's a better chance your team loses and gets a better draft pick next year. And I'm not saying that's what Rodgers thinks about or anything, but, like, why rush back to try to get a couple wins to hurt your draft? Like, you, do you get what I'm saying? And a chance to get hurt. You're coming back off of a serious Achilles injury. Why wouldn't I want as much time to rehab instead of coming back and playing in what could be meaningless games? Now, I do think if the Jets lose two of their next three, lose three, whatever, he's not going to play. But I think the Jets have a really good shot at winning this week to keep hope alive. And then they get another home game next week against the Texans. And and look, I trust me, I think the Texans are a far superior team than the Jets. Mm-hmm. But I'm not scared there if I'm the Jets. They'll probably be about a six-point underdog, five-point yeah. underdog, depending on how they play this week. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, I mean, it's look at the landscape in the AFC because we still have AFC North teams in the playoff picture. And if we have that, even though they have more wins than what uh, some of these AFC East teams have, we at least have to consider them – alive until they're until there's just no chance right so when i look at the playoffs in the afc um oh man that's tough it's just ugly even if the jets win out they still only have an 81 percent chance to make the playoffs even if they win out. If they even win if out. they went out yeah even even if there's a fire i'm not going to call him dad like this well guess it just begs the question why is he rushing this well emmanuel acho had a good point that would kind of piss some people off, but they said he wants to do it so bad because he loves the attention and he likes people saying, look what Aaron Rodgers did. He loves himself more than he loves his teammates. He's not doing it for well, anyone else. I wonder how Rodgers feels because he loves Taylor Swift too, and now Taylor Swift is with his buddy, Pfizer Boy, as he calls him. Right. Um, and those two have had some jabs. Like yeah. He said, oh, is he, what's it, was it Tuesday? Is that game day for him now? When he goes on the Pat McAfee show, like they've been jabbing back and forth, um, which is pretty interesting, but uh, it's probably harmless. I, I don't know, man. I like 
we said it at the beginning of the I can't believe we're here. Like if we fast if we like rewound and went all the way back to what we were talking about before the season, yeah. we all looked at each other and said, Man, I really like this Jets team. What's gonna happen? And it took how many seconds for the four this? minutes. Four snaps. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. <laughs> I'm going to pass out. <laughs> they still have that one year when... It's not fair to these people. When was that? 1969? Yeah. I could I could literally make a case here and talk about the Jets, and you wouldn't think I was talking about the Jets. You'd probably think I was talking about the war in Gaza or Ukraine when I just said, these poor people, look at what they've been through. Look at it this way. The last time they won was during the Vietnam War. I was too young to be drafted. That's how long ago it was. I was like nine. <laughs> I've never liked the Jets um, because, well, being a Manning fan, we had some terrible run-ins with them in the postseason. Right, yeah. forty-one to three, yeah. or was that forty-one nothing? Forty-one nothing for? Did we kick a field goal? I say we. <laughs> right. I, I was li- like I lived and died by those playoff games, and I was a Peyton Manning fan, so a lot of times I was disappointed. <laughs> so let me just leave it at that. Uh, that being said, watching the Jets. I, and now I'm starting to feel bad for him. I, I said this. I was out watching the games on a Sunday, and I was sitting next to a Jets fan and a Washington Commanders fan. Both their teams were doing the same damn thing. Like, giving you just enough to root for to know we got no business doing this, right? And yes. the Commanders fans are laughing. Meanwhile, the Jets fans are going, come on! Get the ball! <laughs> like, screaming. The Commander fans like, he just dropped another one. Look at this loser. And they're just laughing about it. But the Jets fans are so locked in knowing that ultimately your life ends in disappointment. Ultimately, all the time. Yes. All the time. You can do whatever the hell you want to, and your team is still going to disappoint you. Got you got Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was picking you to go to the AFC Championship that day. Hey, guys, we drew cards. We get to start off every game up 10 nothing. How about that? That's great. <laughs> Still going to lose. All right. <laughs> Joe just went, break, stop talking about the Jets. All right, we got coming up in our final hour. We got Coach Loxley's going to join us, talk about the big win they had this weekend. Daily line, go over what happened last night. It was a winning night. And Jacob Calvin Meyer joins us next. We're going to talk some Orioles with him, get his thoughts on some of the movement we've seen, the earlier games, and what he thinks they might do. We do that next here on The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 